Today, everybody, we got a very special guest today. We got Pro Football Focus journalist and host of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Podcast, Ian Harditz. Ian, how you doing today, man? Good morning to you. Thanks for jumping on with us, you know, at this early morning. Now, it's not super early, but, you know, early. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. When you work from home, 10 a.m. does start to become kind of early. Yeah. You know, exactly. soft, but uh, I'm, I'm just pumped because this time next week, we have an NFL football game again, man. I took those uh, preseason games for granted last few years. Right. Will not happen again. I'm excited to have the games back. Exactly. We, we don't know what it means to us until it's gone. And so the preseason exactly. is more to us than we thought. <laughs> All right, Ian. So let us know. So host of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Podcast, almost 2,000 ratings, five stars. That is definitely a feat. Um, We're about to find out. Everybody's going to be taking your recommendations now. Are you nervous? Like people be blowing up your messages like, Ian, you told me to get so-and-so and now he's not doing good for you. <laughs> it's uh it's definitely picked up over the last few weeks. I mean, there are some, you know, diehards like myself that are talking football every last hour of the year, but I have noticed it seems like, you know, and if you look kind of like at Google search trends too, like people are really getting back into fantasy last few weeks. I, I get it, you know, everyone was kind of worried, including myself, there's even gonna be a season yeah. uh like a month ago and throughout the off season. So uh, people have been back in a uh, full force, you know, uh, hit, hitting me a little harder with the, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> once for analysis and stuff. But I think in general, people are pretty, uh, pr- pretty nice on the old Twitter sphere. If you explain your stance and stuff, I mean, if you go out there and you say something kind of dumb that isn't backed by logical reasoning, maybe you deserve to get chewed out a little bit. So it's a, uh, it's good, man. It's a good place to, uh, I think, keep you honest. It was funny, like, uh, you know, everyone does these like. AMAs to ask me anything uh, these mm-hmm. days. And I was just thinking last like, isn't that like almost the entire point of Twitter? Like just to kind of say whatever's on your mind yeah. as it is. So yep. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. And at the end of the day, we're all just talking about, uh, usually just talking about football as it is. So it's all harmless. That's good. So Ian, uh, tell us a little about you first. Um, so obviously you are a journalist for Pro Football Focus now. Like what, what was your journey to get to Pro Football Focus? You know, that's, you know, top of the top, creme de la crop. Like how yeah. did you, how did you get there? Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Uh, look, I, you know, I was just, I love football my whole life. I played uh, up in the college and I wasn't going pro or anything like that. I was just a division three linebacker riding the bench, but I got one, I got, uh, I got one too many concussions, decided to call it quits. And I just had a bunch of extra time then when I was, I think it was 19 or something. So just decided, Hey, you know, I want to really get involved with this. I read, you know, every football article I can get my hands on. And at some point I was like, you know, I think I could do this. And start trying to do it so you know it's obviously super hard to get a start in this industry I just emailed every single writer I could find like in an article on Twitter or whatever and just said hey you know I don't write yet but happy to research uh, articles that you can write for free um, my, my you know friend and future first boss Jonathan Bales who's the founder of Fantasy Labs took me up on that so did a bunch of work for him over the years that was able to get my foot in the door of the industry that way you know, once it came time to get a, you know, full-time offer, I went ahead and left, uh, you know, I, at that point, a much cozier consulting job just to get in this industry. You know, I really do believe that, you know, that, that, that whole adage, you know, if you do something you love, like you won't work a day in your life, like, okay, maybe not a hundred percent time true, but yeah. you know, I, I, I definitely don't regret just picking a job that is well, way more aligned with my interests, even if it meant, you know, making less money for a few years. So uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fantasy labs and action network. And I, I went to Roto world and NBC, last year where then PFF was happy to pluck me up from there. So, you know, over the years, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of nights where maybe I had a happy hour I wanted to go to or a hangout <laughs> that 
that I, you know, that I had to decide against to meet a deadline or this or that. But, you know, I'm very, uh, very happy with, you know, overall decisions where we got here. And, you know, I, I think uh, just the, my big lesson to anyone out there that wants to do it, there's usually enough time in the day to accomplish it. It might not, uh, you know, it might interfere with my, you know, 945 wake-ups, as I was mentioning before. And <laughs> it might not be, might not be the smoothest, uh, you know, couple years. But I think once you uh, can get in a position to do what you want to do most of the time, it's, uh, it's all well worth it. That's what's up, man. I mean, great stuff. Like you said, hard work, determination, emailing everybody, reaching out. It gets you, yes, get you to the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now I, I want to ask you some – some. I want to get your takes on, on some football, man, because like you said, we're a week away. So I, I got to know. And first thing I want to know about – I'm biased. I'm a Falcons fan. Oh, Lord. How, do you, how do you feel about – I'll just start off with this. How do you feel about our Falcons this year? I feel like a lot of people are asleep on our Falcons, man. Man, they actually had a nice little second-half run uh, last year. I think that's kind of what ended up saving uh, Quinn's job a little bit. But I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where I don't think they made enough big changes to uh, really flip the script too much. I think they'll still be a competitive team that could maybe flirt with 10 wins if everything goes their way. But, I mean, good, good on them for adding Dante Fowler to try to get some semblance of a pass rush. But, you know, losing Trufant, uh, not really improving their secondary all that much, in my opinion it's going to be on the back of Matt Ryan. And, you know, we saw last year what kind of happened after he tried to play through that ankle injury. I mean, Matt Ryan, I don't, he's far above, you know, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, these guys that can't move at all. But he's also not, you know, exact. No one's going to confuse him for Lamar Jackson or Kyle yeah. Murray either. So <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's a situation where if everyone, if they stay healthy, if they get some good luck that year, I mean, Julio's a baller, Ridley, you know, maybe Gurley comes back and provides something. I mean, they can put up points, but – I'm just concerned if, like, in, literally one thing goes wrong at, you know, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, they're going to be in a world of hurt. So we'll see what happens. They, they got a wide range of outcomes, which is, I think, all you can ask for. But, you know, I can't sit here confident and say one way or another if they'll finish at the top or bottom of that range of outcomes. <laughs> so what about the NFC East? Who do you have coming out of the NFC East? I think the Eagles are going to take this. And, you know, it the pains first, me. First, our first guest that's acting right, Dylan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else that's come over here has said the wrong answer. My uh, sweet mother is a lifelong Cowboys fan, so hopefully, hopefully she isn't listening to uh, the <laughs> podcast. But uh, no, I, I think the Eagles. I mean, when you look at what their issues were over the last few years, really, it's always been just slowing down opposing number one wide receivers. And for them to add not only Darius Slay but also Nikel Roby Coleman has been one of the better slot corners in the league over the last few years. Really big moves. You know, they even had sneaky. At, uh, added uh, ex-Steelers nose tackle Javon Hargrave, who's really a great run stuffer in the middle as well. So the defense is as good as ever. And on offense, I mean, you look at Carson Wentz and how good he was in 2017 when he was an MVP candidate literally before he got hurt. And I think the big change in the, that offense compared to what we saw in 2018, 2019, was having some speed, having some field stretchers. I mean, they had Torrey Smith, uh, Mac Hollins, who at that point was doing some things. And they tried to bring in Mike Wallace in 2018, he gets hurt immediately. They had Deshaun Jackson last year, goes off in week one, then he gets hurt. So, you know, they really did use uh, three draft picks on wide receivers that are all running four fours or, or, or faster. So they finally, you know, got a situation where, you know, even if they get some more injuries, which they're already dealing with again, but they're not going to be trotting out, you know, Greg Ward, Josh Perkins, and these kind of guys you haven't heard of uh, with the season on the line. So even with those things happening last year, they still win, managed to win the East. I know the Cowboys are there, probably have the best offense in the division, but I think if you're looking for, you know, a really complete team, guys that have been there already, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. 
for sure. Love it. Uh, <laughs> so what do you think about our QB situation? Do you think Jalen Hurst should be, like, helping Carson Lowe manage this season, or do you think we won't see him play this season? I think it's once it's it's once all the way. I think uh, the Eagles just honestly looked at the way the draft is, and I think kind of concluded that Hurts, if he does show anything, like he they could just get you know a second, maybe even a first back for him in the future. So I, I don't know. It's one of those decisions where you know at PFF we, we we use like we have this WAR metric like they have in baseball, like wins above replacement, and they're able to kind of assign that to different different draft picks. And the idea behind the pick was that if you hit on a quarterback it just becomes so valuable, like compared to hitting on any other position. So I, I think they were more making a play on that and also just addressing the backup quarterback spot. I mean, nothing. I mean, I just think once is awesome. I don't think Hertz is going to come in there and necessarily take the job from him. But right. I, I, if once does miss time though, especially, you know, in fantasy football, and that's going to be fun because uh, in fantasy football, Russian quarterbacks are a cheat code and, you know, watching yeah. what Hertz watching what Hurst did at Oklahoma and Bama over the year, I can't guarantee that dude will be a great real-life quarterback, but he's going to put up numbers in fantasy land. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, some moves that were made, some late moves that were made uh, yesterday. Obviously, Leonard Fournette is going to the Buccaneers. That, uh, you know, didn't make me very happy. <laughs> but um, it is something to talk about. How do you feel like Leonard Fournette is going to help improve this Bucs team? Honestly, it's one of the best landing spots for him. I mean, like Kansas City and San Francisco were maybe the two just dream spots, but that's usually the case for pretty much any running back or player out there. So Tampa Bay, I mean, it's just a soft F chart. I mean, Ronald Jones, you know, for him not to be able to pull away from Peyton Barber and Dari Ogumbo Wale, uh, tough name, uh, last year, you know, it is concerning. And even though they were saying the right things about him, clearly, you know, they don't feel like he's ready to be the complete guy yet. LaShawn McCoy is still there. Apparently he's not going anywhere. And again, Dari's going to be there to get some pass down work. So I think it'll be a little muddled to start, but I think Fournette has a good chance to kind of steal that, you know, Sony Michelle role for the Buccaneers, just being, you know, 50% snaps, 15 to 20 carries per game. He's not going to get, you know, the 100 targets he had with the Jaguars uh, last year, which probably makes sense. I mean, that was an awful offense that, you know, probably didn't have any reason to be devoting 100 targets to uh, to uh, Lenny. But still, I mean, the guy's still a talent, and I think, you know, he hasn't been put in the best situation. So it's, you know, anytime you get a guy that big that can run that fast, you add a little bit of scheme uh, to the situation. You add Tom Brady uh, behind center. I think, uh, you know, this is one of the better landing spots for Fournette. And fantasy football, I'm still probably not drafting him until that kind of RB30 range right around there with Jordan Howard and, like, Tevin Coleman. But uh, it's, you know, it, it could have been way worse for anyone out there that, you know, spent a high-round pick on him. That's true. So let's talk about the Vikings. So they added Yannick. Um, it was first the situation, like, are they going to be able to keep their left tackle, Riley Reef? Um, he was up in the air for, like, 21 hours. And then they decided, <laughs> I guess, that they're going to restructure his contract. So, you know, they didn't have to lose any weapons on their offensive line. Do you see the Vikings possibly being a, I'm not going to say Super Bowl contender, but making a run? It's a pretty wide open NFC North. I don't know if they're there for the Super Bowl uh, at this point. I mean, it was good they added Yannick because, you know, they failed to replace – to that point, they had failed to replace Everson Griffin. I think they were kind of surprised when he left them uh, to go to the Cowboys. And pretty much, I mean, both Waynes and McKenzie Alexander went to Cincy and they lost uh, Xavier Rhodes too. So, I mean, they were asking Mike Zimmer, like, what are you going to do on defense? And his response was pretty much like, all right, well, I've never had a bad defense. Don't plan on starting now, which is what you <laughs> want to hear from the coach. But, you know, looking at the personnel, wasn't so sure you could pull that off. But adding Yannick, I mean, I think they're going to again be – 
anyone's idea of an above average unit. I guess on offense, I'm a little worried if they don't have that same sort of ideal game script as they had last year. I mean, there were games where Kirk Cousins threw the ball 10 times because the defense was dominating and Dalvin Cook was just doing his thing. So see what happens with the Dalvin Cook situation, a little risky and not having Stephon Diggs there is just going to make things a lot harder for the guys. I think they can do it. I mean, Adam Thielen's great. Cousins, you know, even though he's catching all this flack in the media for his interesting comments uh, the other day. I mean, he just had one of the best seasons of his career on the field. Uh, even though he can't win on Monday night, you know, he did go straight into New Orleans and uh, take that playoff game away from Breeze and company. So, you know, it's it was a situation where he wasn't asked to do a ton, but still really good coaches, really good players. And, you know, I think the Packers are going to take a little bit of a step back. So it's, it's anyone's division. I don't think the Vikings are going to top someone like, you know, the Saints or the Eagles uh, when it comes down to it. But they're definitely a team that can get there in the playoffs. We like you, Ian. <laughs> you don't want to bring you back. You speaking all this good Eagles talk. Um, but, yeah, that's funny you mentioned that because one of those games that uh, he only had to throw 10 passes was the documentary. So. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but, anyways, let's get into some fantasy because Simone and I are going to definitely start a fantasy league. So, who is your biggest sleeper in the fantasy league that you feel like no one's really, you know, talking about could have a big year in the league, but if you draft them, could have a explosive year for you? The one guy I keep going back to, and, I mean, I guess I'm talking about him somewhat, so there's at least one person, but it's Chris Herndon, the uh, Jets' number one tight end. And so Herndon isn't really a big name, but this dude is one of eight tight ends since, you know, the new millennial in 2000 to average at least eight yards per target as a rookie. I mean, it's just a position where – you're a first-year player at tight end. You got to learn how to block. You got to learn how to run routes. You, we've only seen Gronk and Evan Ingram like provide like true high-end production. And Ingram even needed OBJ uh, to get hurt in order for him to get there. So like the fact that uh, Herndon did anything as a rookie is really good, and that's why people were on him last year. But what happened last year? He gets suspended. He comes back. He pulls his hamstring running routes on air. Like how the hell does that even happen? He plays six snaps all season, but there was never a situation where he was like out there on the field and ineffective. He just couldn't get out there on the field. And now you're looking at him, and this is a guy that was a borderline tight end one last year going in those top 12 uh, picks at the position. Now he's going like top 20, man, like more closer to the uh, tight end two borderline. And again, it's not based on him just having, you know, bad on-field performances or anything like that. I think it's just people pissed off about what <laughs> happened last year. And, and you look at, uh, you know, you look at Jets camp, uh, you know, Charles McDonald, one of the, I think the best, uh, beat writers out there and you know just day after day it's Darnold and Herndon you know showing connection I, even Adam Gase who you know Gase has not been able to say like a nice thing hardly about Le'Veon Bell for the last two years right. and he comes out and you know really just heaps on the praise for Chris Herndon saying he never needs to take him off the field he can block he can catch he can do everything and then when and then you add in the fact that all five of the Jets top wide receivers have been hurt throughout training camp and like it's a situation where Herndon you know, it wouldn't be crazy if he actually led this team in targets. And that is so rare for tight ends. And he's going pretty much free. So, you know, when you're in round 13, 14 of these drafts, even if you already have a tight end, just grab Herndon. Because, you know, there's a chance we're sitting here in week two or three. He's in top three at the position in targets. And everyone's going to want the guy. Okay. Good. Appreciate the insight. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get him first. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you, quarterback. Who are you taking at your fantasy quarterback? The two guys I've really zeroed in on are Joe Burrow and Cam Newton. And uh, Burrow, it's because mm -hmm. if you, you look, we've had six rookie quarterbacks since uh, 2010 be a QB1 fantasy land. It's been Andrew Luck, RG3, Kyler, Dak, um, Russell Wilson. One more is n n name who escapes me right now. But anyway, 
the big similarities with these guys, they all started in week one and they all had a decent rushing floor. They averaged at least 25 rushing yards per game in college. And Burrow looks to throw. He's not Kyler or Lamar or any of these guys, but he averaged 27 rushing yards per game in LSU. I mean, dude's got some mobility in him. So Bengals offense, you know, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, my guy Auden Tate. There's a lot of weapons actually out there for a team that just finished with the worst record in football. Offensive yeah. line's not great. It's going to be a tough uh, September for them. But I think, you know, by the time we get into October, it's going to be a bad team. It's going to have to pass a lot, and Burrow can give you that rushing floor we're looking for. I think he has a chance to become number seven on that, you know, uh, rookie quarterback list. And then for Cam Newton, like, this dude was going as a QB 20 for a month because everyone talked themselves into this stupid QB competition against Jarrett freaking Stidham, guys. I, don't, <laughs> I can't believe we we're wasting our time with this. I mean, look, the issue with Cam has been, is he healthy? And right now he's healthy. And when he's been healthy, he's been anyone's idea of a top 12 fantasy QB, usually top five. But if we just want to take like his worst season ever, he was like QB 13 in uh, fantasy points per game. So I know the weapons in New England aren't fantastic, but neither have, you know, really any of Cam's weapons, even going back to his days at Auburn. The dude's always been, you know, making the most out of nothing. So I'm so excited to watch Cam Newton this year. And I really think, you know, where he's going in these drafts. I mean, he's the exact type of late round QB you want where true QB you want upside if things break his way. All right. And we we are planning to, you know, drop a, our own, like, how to, you know, draft a fantasy team one-on-one type thing. So what's your method of uh, drafting a fantasy team? I know some people do wide receivers first. Some people do running backs first. What's what's your method? You got to, you know, kind of let the draft come to you a little bit. But what I find myself doing is in those first two or three rounds, if I can get two of those top 15 running backs, I'm very happy. And I, I think what the cool kids are calling is, like, modified zero RB which I hate that name because, like, if it's not zero RB, let's not call it modified. Like, we're taking <laughs> RBs. But that whole issue aside, I think, you know, if you can start off, you know, you get, you know, McCaffrey or Barkley or Zeke, you get your stud at the top, and then maybe you can come back around with Josh Jacobs or James Conner or Austin Eckler. You're going to be sitting pretty because then you get in the rounds four and five and the running backs available are, you know, your – uh, Le'Veon Bells, your Kareem Hunts, maybe, who, okay, they might work out. But, you know, these are guys ranked in the 20s. And you can look at the wide receiver position. And because everyone's been taking these RBs, you still have top 10 people available, like, you know, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, uh, Robert Woods, uh, players of that type. So I think, uh, you know, everyone's been kind of beating the drum for, like, robust RB early. And, yeah, if it's the right RBs, that's fine. But I think the problem people are running into is, uh, you know, they're really – they want to get all those RBs early, so they're reaching on guys like, you know, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, uh, your guy Todd Gurley. Maybe it works out for them, but you know what? We just, they're just veteran backs on new teams. There's a lot of downside. So, you know, at that point in the draft, like, you know, give me just some stud-wide receivers uh, over them. So I would say, you know, try to leave the first three rounds with two running backs, then load up on wide receivers. For the love of God, do not draft a kicker or defense until the last two rounds of the draft. I was on a podcast, like, Two days ago, and these people were trying to say, like, fill out your starting lineup first. I'm always the first one to draft a kicker. Do not be that guy or girl. Like, please don't. I will take it as an insult if you draft a kicker before, you know, the second to last round of your draft. So, please don't do that. And then uh, QB tight end, I would say, you know, if you can get your Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, like that very top or your George Kittle, or your Travis Kelsey. If you can get them reasonable, that's fine. Who wouldn't want them on their team? But if it's, if you can't, just wait. Don't don't feel like you need to reach on, you know, some like Brady or, you know, Hunter Henry, who, again, these guys could all do well. But, you know, yeah. 
wide range of outcomes. I don't want to reach on them. There's so much talent at the bottom of those positions that, you know, you can just take a couple of darts in the double digit rounds. Someone will probably work out and then you're chock full of studs at RB and wide receiver. All right. Very okay. insightful. I, I was, you know, I was under the, I was under the impression that a lot of people like to go, you know, wide receiver first, but now I know, I know running backs uh, like that, that top flight position. So I'm definitely, definitely switching on my method this year. So I'm looking, I'm looking to win because you and I appreciate that. All right. Man, <laughs> I, 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 I want us all to win. There you yeah. go. So Ian, I was about to let you go, but you just kept giving me like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So now I got <laughs> before we let you go. Um, so does that mean, just in general, you're taking Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott? Oh, no, not in fantasy land. In, a, no, in real life, fantasy, I, I mean in real life. Oh, that's tough. See, I hate this question because they're both so good, and we try to make it in, like, one or the other. Uh, I would go with Wentz. I think uh, he has shown a higher floor when things aren't going their way. I mean, Dak in 2017 was really – you know, almost an average quarterback throughout that year. And even 2018, before they added Amari Cooper, it just wasn't good. And, I mean, look, Wentz got them the playoffs last year, again, thrown to a bunch of nobodies. So, while, uh, you know, Dak has shown, shown out really well, Wentz has already shown a true MVP ceiling, and his floor really isn't all that bad either. Maybe Dak can get there. Dak's improved every single season, and, I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. But, you know, gun to my head, I'd take Wentz. But I think both <laughs> I think both franchises should be very happy with their uh, QB. So you you can make all the Cowboys fans hate me now. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. So I got an Eagles um, fan base on YouTube and all of my guests, like we've had ex Eagles players, like Brandon Boykin came on here last time. And he said, you know, he wants to say the best thing about like our Eagles team. And they were just so mad. They were like, Small, why does all your guests hate the Eagles? So I'm like, okay, I got to give him somebody with some positive. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, I'm happy I can help the uh, YouTubers out there. There we go. <laughs> All right. So this, this is my last uh, bias question for you. Um, who do you see winning the NFC South? NFC South. Ooh, it's, it's right there. Not between your Falcons. I'm sorry. It's between the Saints and uh, Buccaneers. I do think it's the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it's just hard to kind of you know, bet against the team, what they're capable of doing. But one of my uh, coworkers, Eric Eager, brought up a good point about the Saints. Like, the way they run their offense, it's very, you know, they, they just keep racking up like 11-5 and five seasons seemingly, but they never throw downfield. You know, we kind of hated on Teddy Bridgewater for that, but Breeze never throws downfield either, and it's fine. When you have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, you know, they're so efficient at doing it that it works. But, you know, these last two years when we've seen them have these early playoff exits, you know, we just see these safeties and these defenses really kind of play up, dare them to throw the ball over their heads. I mean, that's why they literally need to put Taysom Hill on the field last year, just throw some bombs to try to, you know, get the safeties out of the box. So I don't know, like, I would probably take the Eagles over the Saints, like, in the playoff game. And not, not to keep hyping up the Eagles too much. Who are you? Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the Buccaneers can do. But, you know, new Q, I think we're all just kind of assuming that best-case situation is going to work out. I mean, Brady's 43. How much longer can this guy really keep doing that so i just think uh, you know saints are the more complete team buccaneers have a little more hype uh falcons number three and they're gonna be competitive in those games and you know panthers are one of the worst teams in the league right now so well you know hopefully i can hopefully me and my falcons can prove you wrong we did go, we did go. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna give you my spiel i give everybody we went okay. six to two down down the um down the stretch you know that 
And then um, we improved. We got we got Dante Fowler, Todd Gurley, who is who's gonna who has a chip on his shoulder. He's on a prove it deal, so you know he might be worth a little bit more than people think. And we got we got a lot of talent, man. We got Darquez Denard. We got Laquan Treadwell. I mean, I know he hasn't had the best time in Minnesota, but you know we got we done grouped up some talent. Dan Quinn knows now that he can't be the head coach and D coordinator at the same time. Um, so I'm just saying. He's giving his speech just, at least to the same speech. At least like it. We beat we beat San Fran and San Fran and New Orleans in New Orleans last year. I'm, oh, that was a wild game. Yeah, I mean, look again. I I, I see the there's a path to success. Yeah, at least like a lot of teams can't even say that it could work out, but you're gonna need perfect health because I I do not like that uh, kind of the backups you got on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, not a lot of depth. So there are a lot of ifs to this. I do agree with that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on here. You dropped a lot of gems. Jada dropped a lot of good knowledge, man. We appreciate that. Yeah, we yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. I, you know, I, I didn't mean to make this such an Eagles lover affair, but hey, here we are. <laughs> it's all good. She she liked it, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> hey, you. I feel like you were the most positive. For the Falcons fans, because yeah, you were you were pretty much positive one. Yeah, the other people that were on here were like, yeah, Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, Darius <laughs> Butler, Butler. We had him on, and he he said not a chance. So you know, at least you <laughs> gave a chance. At least you gave me a shimmer of hope. So there we go, man. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I don't know, someone's barking at me uh, yesterday on Twitter, and they were like, "We're gonna need forty player rosters to." fit all the players on that, that you're saying you love. It's like, all right, I guess I should be a little more critical day in, day out. But uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep my Falcons love going, though. It's all good. You see you see the upside, you know? See, yeah, there we go. <laughs> as, as we say in the fantasy industry, hate ADPs, not players. So there, Oh, there you go. That's a that's a bar right there. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Darius. Well, I mean, you know, I, now I got Darius Butler second my head. All right, you appreciate the time, man. You take care. Um, make sure you guys listen to the um, Pro Football Focus Fantasy Pod hosted by your boy um, Ian. So check that out, especially if you want to get some good fantasy knowledge. If you want to win, you know what pod to listen to now. So there you go. <laughs> you got anything you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? I think you guys said it. Yeah, just uh, check me out on Twitter at iHeart. It's I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. All the pods and articles will be going up through there. Exciting time. Uh, week one is right around the corner. We'll be having uh, two um, you know, weekly podcasts coming out Tuesday and Thursdays, and then I'll have some game reviews going up throughout the week as well. So thanks again for having me, guys. This is fun. All right, thank All right, you. So thank you. Appreciate it, man.